Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Paul Leslie Hour. Now, this is not just another episode of the Paul Leslie Hour. This one we're really excited about. And for Paul, he's coming unglued. This is a dream come true for Paul Leslie. On today's episode, we have a very special guest, Jack Jones. Uh Uh-huh. Jack Jones is one of the world's legendary singers and one of the foremost recording artists. And we'll be hearing from Jack Jones in just a moment. Hey, did you know that it's you that makes this whole thing go around? You make the Paul Leslie Hour possible? That's right. It's you, the listener. And you can help us with our mission by going to www.thepaulleslie.com slash support. And we thank you, every single one who contributes and those of you who come in to listen. Well, we've waited quite long enough. Here it is, an interview with the legendary Jack Jones, right here on the Paul Leslie Hour. By all means, let's begin. Take it away, Paul. Hey, it's me. Paul Leslie. Jack Jones. Yeah, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm just getting over my... Pfizer booster shot. <laughs> you feeling all right? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm out of the woods now. I, it was a little bit of a, and then they they, they just told us that that, that uh, the, the third shot is 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 the worst of them all, and they didn't tell me that until after I took it. <laughs> well, I hope you're on the mend rapidly. No, I'm fine. No, and there's just some stuff that went on that uh, is not pleasant. So, anyway, all I have to do is read your review, and uh, it cheers me right up. <laughs> well, it's a, a great pleasure. I'm really honored to be able to do this interview. Oh, thank you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to properly introduce the gentleman that you hear. He's one of the great icons in entertainment. Jack Jones is with us today. He is a legend in music, a Grammy Award-winning recording artist. Jack Jones is known as the Singer's Singer. As I said, he is a prolific recording artist and performer. He's released more than 60 albums. His latest album, which we were just talking about, I reviewed. It's called Every Other Day I Have the Blues. It's a sojourn into blues music. It was recorded at Capitol Record Studio in Big Surprise Music. The album was produced by Jack Jones and Tom Scott on the Cavalry Productions label. And before we get started, I'm going to read this quote from the renowned jazz critic Will Friedwald. He had this to say, It's hardly surprising that Mr. Jones should surprise us with a new album of fresh songs that all have ties to blues form and harmony, delivered with stunning arrangements and a swinging band and soloist. So, ladies and gentlemen... The legendary Jack Jones is with us. It's a great pleasure. Good morning or afternoon or whatever it is for you. (laughs) (laughs) 
how does it feel having this this new record of blues influenced and blues songs out there? Well, it seems. I mean, I I, I chose uh, with the help of Tom. I chose the songs, and uh, it seems that I was swayed by how much humor there was in in the in the content. And there are there there are three Kevmo songs on there, and he always writes with, with humor, and it just kind of blossomed, you know. And, and, and of course, the title song is uh, is a, a wonderful song that, uh, and I, I was very close to, to to Joe Williams over the years, and uh, I'm sorry that he didn't get a chance to hear that, but because it's really a tribute to him. Can you tell us about the experience of recording this album? Looking through the booklet, there's lots of pictures from in the studio, and everyone has a big smile on their face. What are your memories from making this record? Well, that, that's what it, what it was. It was just a, um, a fun record to make, and uh, as opposed to doing a, a sad ballad album or something. It was just a happy Happy album, and uh, and and they're just um, these guys are just the best. They're the rhythm section in town when it comes to jazz. Absolutely, great, great musicians on this on this record. You know, you got the the songs from a lot of varied sources, everything from country music writers to, as you've been saying, Keb Mo to some of the players who are on the record. How did you go about gathering this collection? Well, it was calculated. <laughs> we, we, wanted, we wanted these guys, and I was lucky enough to, to be a friend of Tom's and, and, uh, and, and uh, Paul Loudon, who just idolizes these guys. And so we we've seen them all all along, and 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 so we finally got a chance to work together, and we did it again. But that's an, it's another album coming out next year. Oh wow! We did, but it's a, a sixty piece orchestra thing. It's beautiful. We did, but we used the same rhythm section. They're just they're just the best. And there's you know there's, there's Jeff Hamilton on drums and. John Clayton on bass. Tom Scott is playing the sax, and Tamir Handelman is uh, on piano. One of the finest piano players I've ever heard. Then we have Chuck Finley on trumpet, and Gene Sippy Sippy Gene Sippy Sippiano. Now, now Gene is a character. While I'm while I'm there, I've mentioned that he uh, he actually we've with working with Yo-Yo Ma, and Gene is one of those musicians that stuck in the past with his vocabulary, and he uses the word yo all the time. <laughs> so when he saw Yo-Yo Ma, he said, Yo-Yo, yo! <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Andy Wharton on trombone, and Billy Hilton on on, uh, on congas, and Paul Loudon on uh, B3 organ, and on guitar 
the son of a guy that did an arrangement for me. He was going on my Gershwin album, Brad Dexter, his son Graham, on guitar. So I'm a pretty lucky guy here. Some great, great players. And I'm hoping you can tell us, you, you co-produced the album with, as you mentioned, Tom Scott. Tell us about Tom. Tom is a, a, a very energetic, happy, loves what he's doing every minute. And uh, so whenever you work with him, it's like a wonderful experience. He's all, all smiles. And he creates things on his own, some of the stuff he does privately in his his, his own studio and adds, adds them in. But uh, basically, he's just a great musician. As we've been saying, there's a recurring theme of humor, and I want to call to the attention of the listeners. One of the songs on there, I was in stitches. It just kept going on, and it just got funnier and funnier. I'm talking about looking at you. <laughs> Can you tell us about that? Yeah, I heard one of my musicians, the guys that I travel with, bass player, Chris Colangelo, had made a jazz album, and I was listening to it, and I just had this this urge to do, to do this talking record. And because years ago, when I was a young kid, I was listening to a guy by the name of Ken Nordine, and he used to do he had a very deep voice, and he used to do all these tongue-in-cheek talking records. So it came to my mind. So I said, well, I'm going to do that. I didn't know what I was going to say. I just did it. And and so it started looking at you, and you're looking at me. Well, I'm looking at you. You're looking at me. And it got so silly, but I didn't stop. I never stopped. I never edited once. Never did a retake. It's just all a stream of consciousness. And then I found myself, after it was over, laughing <laughs> at my own stuff, you know. It just, it was so silly, it was funny. And other people reacted in the same way. That's why I put it on there. I just, I got to share that. And it's a wonderful jazz theme going underneath. I don't even know what the name of that is, but uh, it's wonderful. They're very uh, inspiring. <laughs> it's great. Just great. When you were putting out this album, you know, it's it's interesting because it is a blues record. Did you have a certain mission in mind? Was there something you were hoping to accomplish in particular? Well, I was lucky enough to, to, to um, a couple of years ago, to get a review with the Jazz Times. And they, they said, they said, Jack Jones can now be considered a jazz singer. I waited for that day a long, t long time, especially because when I started, my uh, mentor, my producer, Dave Cap of Cap Records, said, "Don't change the melody. Stick to the melody. Don't, don't improvise. And that's the only way you're going to have a hit." Well, it happened to be right because we were in the pop field, and uh, you know, you can't mess around. You just got to sing a song, and and. But the song we were doing at the time was was uh, from Man of La Mancha, The Impossible Dream. 
course, I wasn't going to try to jazz that up. But but the, the whole thing is that he he would slap my hand every time I would try, deviate from the melody. But I always had the, the, this jazz urge, you know, since I, I became a man. And kind of feel I want to sing jazz, but I'll do that later. Well, this is later. <laughs> oh. Sorry about that. If you hear some uh, whimpering, this this puppy dog came walking by. <laughs> you can't see, but <laughs> that's that sound that you no. heard. No, I, I thought it was a jazz lick. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it maybe would come through on this microphone like my stomach was growling, which it's not. <laughs> but, yeah, it's a jazz lick. That's what it is. <laughs> but I have, well, I have a... A five-year-old five um, poodle, and, and uh, she's just wonderful. And she's usually sitting on my <laughs> on my stomach. So that, but I thought that wouldn't be a good good idea now. And now you're doing it. Well, you feel free. I love poodles. Poodles <laughs> are all. Every poodle I've met has been such a smart dog. Oh boy, are they ever? You know, I've got this blemish on my on my leg. That is not any, anything ominous. I've had it checked out, it's, but I'm, I'm stuck with it. So yesterday she came along and then and stopped and looked at it, <laughs> and then she started licking it, and then she stopped and then she sat back. I'm sorry, that's the alarm telling me that I'm supposed to call you. <laughs> and anyway, so uh, she stepped back and took a look at it and then continued. Like just like a, a doctor would, hmm. and continued until it was completely covered. And you know, it's 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 almost gone. Hmm. <laughs> so I got I I call her Doctor Ivy now. Doctor Ivy, the dog's name's Ivy. Yeah. <laughs> no, the dog's named Doctor. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You've always been a, an animal lover, correct? Correct. I was telling my dad not long ago he he had one of his dogs passed away, and I was saying they're just one of the greatest gifts that we have in this life. That is, um, we went we went a long time, my wife and I, since uh, our respective uh, pets passed away, and she had a great little dog, and we didn't know that because somebody else. It suggested that we get together, but my ex-wife used to to uh, walk up up, the, up this mountain, and uh, every day, and and I would drop my dog off, as some ex-husbands do, with the ex-wife, and, uh, and I'd go back on the road and come back, and so, and then my wife. My present wife, we've been married for, for 12, almost 13 years. Her dog would would be walking too. So I didn't know, we didn't know that the, the dogs knew each other that well. So they, and my dog hated other dogs, never wanted to be around other dogs. We found out that they, they fell in love after we did. <laughs> and it was beautiful. And then when it came time for, for them to pass away, it was very sad for the one who was still left behind. Hmm. It was really, really sad. And 
sad to us, too. You know, it occurs to me on this collection, there's material represented by just some of the all-time great songwriters, like David Frischberg. There's a song here with lyrics by Alan and Marilyn Bergman. You've really interpreted some really great songwriters. Like, immediately when I'm naming off people, I think about your interpretation of the Paul Williams and Charles Fox Love Boat theme. What do songwriters mean to a guy like Jack Jones? Well, everything, because I'm not known for writing my own songs, so I've written written quite a few, but uh, none of them that strong or hit material, so it's it's all I got, and I relate uh, to the songs that relate to to my life. And uh, there's a couple on here that do not relate to my life. They're just, they're just. I was just attracted to them because they're, they're fun. like the blues is my business. It just, it just feels good, and it's just fun to do. And, and I almost wanted to name the album "Step Right Up and Get Your Blues." <laughs> Step right up and get your blues. Then I then I I can't take you nowhere. I've been a David Frischberg fan for years and years. There's so much that I could record of his. It wouldn't people might not understand because he did them so well when he was working in New York and wherever. And Dangerous Mood is it kept most on it. I mean, I've, I've, this must be my fourth recording of it. Hmm. But the love one came to me. Because they were in there doing the show, and they needed the theme, and, and so that Paul Williams and Charlie Fox thought of me, and why they did, I don't know, but they did, and and they called me, and and they said, would you would you be interested in doing this song? And I, unfortunately, I said, well, yes, but I, I don't know uh, anybody. That when I say I said them, I get good luck with it because I don't know I don't know anyone who 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 wants wants to go on on a cruise ship. Well, that wasn't very nice of me, but I still got the job. <laughs> what is Paul Williams like? He seems like he's a character. He is a a very very. He's a good actor. He's a good writer. He's got a, he, again, he writes with a sense of humor. And he, uh, we've had a lot of fun together. We, 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 uh, have, have sung it, you know, fundraisers and things together. And he's great. One of the things that catches pretty much everybody's eye about every other day I have the blues is that it is, in fact, recorded. In fact, at Capitol Record Studio, you want to talk about a place where some great singers, you know, Frank Sinatra recorded there. You could just go on and list all the legends. Is that a place when you're recording? Is it kind of a hallowed place? How does it feel to make a record there? Well, I I, I, I could just say that it was 
it was a comfortable place to be, and there was uh, I liked the uh, the spiral staircase that went up to the vocal room, and so you felt like you you were still a part of everything, although they, there was sound separation. But to me, it was a, a reunion because my first re- record and record contract was at Capitol. And they didn't, I didn't last very long there because that wasn't the kind of singer that they wanted. But I, I had gone there first to, to make four songs and demos that, that sold me to them. And that was 60 years ago at the time when, I, when we did this album. So, I said, well, I come. I record there every sixty years. Interesting. Is there anyone out there that you would like to do a duet with that you can think of? Um, yes. And now I can't think of her name. And of course, Tony got was able to do it with her. I think they made two, two together. Can you think of what I'm thinking of? I can't think. Could it be maybe Diana Crawl? That's who it is. Thank you. You know, it's so funny because I was thinking as I asked the question, the only person I could really, really imagine doing a duet with Jack Jones would be Diana Krall. <laughs> that was the answer on your mind. Funny. That's funny. And, 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 and I can make an album with her and call it Crawl Space. <laughs> I like that. That's good. Diana Krall <laughs> should get in touch. <laughs> When I had one I made for, for uh, Beyonce, an, an album title for her, uh, Bed Bath of Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> Even better. <laughs> I like that. Right before I was doing this interview, I was I was telling my wife about this about the fact that I was going to do this interview, and uh, she made a comment about what a handsome man you are. <laughs> and, and that's something that my mom has said also. And I asked my wife, I said, should I ask him this question? She said, yes, you should. What, <laughs> what has it been like to make so many women swoon through the years? Well, <laughs> if you, if you think that, they're probably not, not uh, inclined to swoon. Women will, pick up very quickly on the fact that you're conceited. So <laughs> so that, that, that's, a, that's a good thing, I guess. I really, I, I really thought that I, I was not good looking. So then, it, and uh, I, I just, I just it was insecure, you know, hmm. and, and very shy. Interesting. And now, now I feel like that, that I, I, I have good looks, but you better hurry up and catch them before they're gone. <laughs> I remember I was I was on, I was on the, after the love boat became famous, the ship itself. I was they started paying real good money to have me on there and uh, and, and and other singers too. I mean the money went went way up and cruising was again like kind of a an end thing. So. I get on there and they've been, and I, you're very visible and very uh, uh, touchable, you know. And so there were times that I wanted to 
get to one end of the ship from, from one end to the other. And so I said, look, can, can, can you give me a, a, a badge that looks like I work work here, which I do, and then uh, I can go down and cook because the, the guys that were below decks, they didn't know who Jack Jones was or what he looked like or, or, or cared. And they would say, sir, you can't come down here. So if I have a badge on, I'm free to travel back and forth. So they said, well, what, what do you want on there? Your name and then, but what is your job? And I said, uh, I said, okay, just put legend in own mind. <laughs> and, and it was on there for the whole time. Nobody, nobody ever looked at it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> you know, I was listening to the interview that you did on the Carson podcast, which is something I recommend people check out. And something that caught my ear, it was a great broadcast that you all did, but you were mentioning that you at times have written poetry. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. I, I don't have any in front of me now, I, I, but I've written some it's usually funny stuff, you know. Yeah. Uh, or, or a parody to a song. Or I'm trying to have one, one one poem I wrote about a guy that it's about that he's he, he he's having a um, a generation a generational moment when he's down in the waiting for, to get a sandwich in the bar, and he looks at the bar and there are all these people uh, hitting on each other. And so I tell the audience that I went right upstairs and I started writing this this song. And uh, it, um, oh God, I, I can't. I can I can get it and, and uh, I should record uh, get it and record it and send it to you. It's very funny. Okay, that sounds great. Uh, it, it's, uh, I, I built this whole thing up and I can't remember. <laughs> but then. I I would write things like a parody to Who Can I Turn To? Who Can I Turn To to Get My Full Wages? I've done that. Oh, shoot. Another one. If I if it was in front of an audience, I'd probably remember it. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> what makes a good song a good song, in your opinion? Uh, a song that relates to the way people are living or have lived. A song that is a good life lesson to them personally, and so if, if you can write a song that covers a lot of people like that, then they just try to identify with it and they just love it. it has to be a pretty song. Mm-hmm. In my in my part in my kind of business, yeah, it has to be a pretty song. Can you tell us anything about this album that's going to be coming out? The next one you said it's it's got a sixty piece. Can you give us a little nugget about what it'll be like? Uh, it's 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 me and uh, guesting on it is Joey uh, D. Francesco on the organ. Oh wow! And on the trumpet, on the trumpet, and on the sax, and it's. John Clayton, who did all the all the arrangements of the big orchestra, and it was quite interesting to be singing with all these wonderful string players, 
and they, every one of them had a mask on. Hmm. And uh, it, 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 it's quite something. It, it's it's just a, a beautiful arranging. And, and so the songs are all the, the same ones that asked me to do to choose songs that I always wanted to do or wanted to do over. And so there are about three, three or four of them that I did. I, I recorded over from the, from the past, and, and I recorded songs when I was a young kid. I did Lush Life when I was a kid. You know, I mean, it's twenty, twenty-one years old. But that, but the writer of Lush Life was younger than that. But I, my interpretation of Lush Life, as I look at them both now, uh, they're, they're different from a different point of view. So it was interesting to do that, and hopefully they're both good. But uh, and for, for 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 what they are, but they're just one, they're great songs, and it's quite striking, and, and it's something that you, people aren't doing very much anymore. Really looking forward to hearing it. What is the best thing about being Jack Jones? Well, I don't know. Well, I, I, I'm pretty happy and grateful for what has happened to, to me in my life. So one of the best things about me, I don't have to hear myself complain. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> I always like to, to end the show. I like to give the guest the stage, so to speak. And we get listeners. The first one, the first one out of town. What's that? The first one out of town. The first one out of town. The first stage. Uh, oh, the first stage out of town. <laughs> Sorry. No, no Sorry problem. About that. I, I wish we had a drum to do the. <laughs> yeah, well, one of my dear friends was Steve Allen, and uh, and uh, he was a great punster. <laughs> it's a pretty open-ended question, but. We have listeners in, we track in more than a hundred countries now. Wow. What would you say to anyone who's tuned in? Uh, just follow your dream and, and uh, just stay with it. And I think that's pretty hard to, to say right now with what we've all been going through. Mm-hmm. But, um, uh, Stay with it, and 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 I mean, I remember when I started. My father was a pretty well-known singer back in the '30s, and so I started entertaining, and people would come in. Older people would come in that had seen my father, and they would say, oh, "You're not as good as your father," and that. And I always thought of, of Frank Jr. because his father was a monumental star and it must have been very, very difficult to perform and have to deal with the, the, the father comparison every, every day, every night. And he, he stuck with it. And he, and every, and, and he died being a respected musician and singer. And he got pretty much what he wanted out of the, out of the, the, the music business. And he deserved it. So that's what I would say. Just don't listen to the negative. Let's keep going. 
Very, very sage advice. And I appreciate you mentioning Frank Sinatra Jr. He was one of my favorite guests we had on this show. Oh, he, he was a great pontificator. He just, just would just let him go. He's <laughs> very knowledgeable. He's a good friend of mine. Hmm. What would you say he was like at heart? I, I think he was able to cover up the, those insecurities that I, I said that would that he would most likely have. But he was. The only thing that gave him what way, he was very serious. And, and I think that was part of his shyness. But he just, but he was very serious all the time. I used to call him Mr. Happy. <laughs> and he just wouldn't, wouldn't smile. But, uh, and he would get up and sing. One Christmas we were at his sister's house. And we all got up and sang our favorite Christmas song. And he got up and sang a song called Christmas is the Loneliest Time of the Year. <laughs> <laughs> I said, my well, Frank, that was uplifting. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but he, he, we had a good, a good time together. He was a good guy. And he was nice enough to put on an album of mine. Now, Jack Jones is probably the one of the greatest singers in, in, the, in the world. So that was very nice of him to do that. And his father, I did, I was very shy with his father. I kind of, you know, and if I found out later, I found out from, from Barbara after Frank died that he said, you should have come over. He loved you. Huh. Frank was a very, very, lo Frank Senior was a very loving man. Really? Hmm. Yeah, he, would, he wouldn't think so, but he was. Well, I want to tell everybody out there, if they want to find out more and see some pictures from the album, they can go to Cavalry Production, CavalryProductions.com, C-A-V-A-L-R-Y, and also check out JackJonesMusicStore.com. And Jack Jones, it's been a great pleasure to talk to you. There's another, but my late, my website that is uh, created by a gentleman in Japan who who I was having trouble with my website that I created and then we were communicating and I saw his website on me and I said wait a minute <laughs> yes you're really good <laughs> you know, you want to do it he said yeah so he's been doing it for like 30 years and uh it's it's quite something and that, that's that's Jack Jones if you have to, you can go to jackjones.org and then it goes to his and it's it's, it's lollipop so and so we never change that name but but there's a, a link that goes goes right to it jack from jackjones.org jackjones.org you know, we put all these labels on you that you're a singer, a performer, a recording artist. Who would you say Jack Jones is at heart? Well, hmm. Well, there are things I've called myself that I don't want to repeat. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> I would 
I'm, there's a, I'm not Jewish, but there's a Jewish term called Minch. Yeah. That's what I'd like to be. Jack Jones Minch. Well, sir, it's been a great pleasure. I've enjoyed this. I hope we get a chance to talk again. Me too. And thank you from what you've already said. It's a pleasure. I will always forgive you for that. <laughs> you, you, could, <laughs> you could have also said Jack Jones humorist. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I, I grew up around too many really good Good humorous people. I've, I worked with a lot of great comedians, and and I used to listen to um, Steve Allen when I was a kid. I used to sneak under the covers and listen to his show, which was after my bedtime. And uh, I can probably picked up his rhythm. I mean, everything is was very very humorous and musical. I mean, he was a jazz lover, and but it's all built, built around the pun. So. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, thank you for speaking to me, and uh, and uh, and we'll talk to you soon again. I hope. All right, sir. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, Jack Jones. I didn't hear any applause. <laughs> we'll dub those in. <laughs> dub it in, will you? <laughs> you got it. All right, sir. Okay. Take care. Thanks so much. Okay. Bye. Thank you for stopping by today. If you enjoyed our program, consider telling a friend about it. The Paul Leslie Hour is made possible through people just like you. So you want to keep the show going, right? Go to thepaulleslie.com. That's thepaulleslie.com. Click on Support the Show. And thanks to everyone who contributes. Performance of the intro music is courtesy of John Primerano, the entertainer. Written by Scott Joplin. End credit theme music is courtesy of John Primerano. The traditional song, Corina, Corina. Your announcer is Dan Gold. Hey, that's me. The show is hosted and produced by Paul Leslie. And we'll see you next time on the Paul Leslie Hour. <laughs>